from the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. I am Scott Armstrong and we are excited. Oh man, we're going to talk about the Bible. I'm just warning y'all right now. We're going to talk about a good passage of scripture. (laughs) And before we do that, I got to tell you who you're going to be hearing. Uh, So first of all, to my left is Emily Armstrong. Hey everyone. Across from me, Natalie Franco. Hi guys. And to my right, AJ Fry. Hello. And... Across from me as well, not just Natalie, but Chelsea on the other side of the table. Chelsea Fry. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact. People once ate arsenic to improve their skin. No. Improve their skin. And, and, And maybe, do we need to describe what arsenic is? Does everybody know? No, I don't know, so please. Natalie does not know. Arsenic is a poison, right? Yes. It's poisonous. Yes. Why? But like... I've heard, I've heard though, that you can like consume small amounts of arsenic without actually dying. Does it say like what year it was that they were doing that? Was that like 19th late 1800s? Century. 19th century, the 1800s. Yeah. Okay. 1998. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we'd have a problem if that was like a step from, or a fun fact from 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> they, they claimed it would get rid of freckles, blackheads, and other, quote, Facial disfigurements. Well, it would because wow. you would you go would into a. <laughs> <laughs> you would no longer have to worry about your. Right. your You're not worried about your, your skin anymore. Your problem becomes something quite different. <laughs> yeah, that's the old doctor thing of like, it hurts when I do this. Then he bangs on your other yeah. thumb and he's like, well, now your other thumb hurts. <laughs> yeah. But the, the most fun part to me of the fun fact is that they were called safe Arsenic complexion wafers. Safe. Ooh. That was the name of them. Wow. Yes. Safe wafer. <laughs> it was safe. probably one of those traveling salesmen kind of things that like he only oh, visited a town for three days and then one person dies like, time to move on. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Well, in the spirit of pressing on to the next topic, uh, we're going to be... Uh, Diving into Philippians chapter three. Now, uh, it was funny right before we started recording, AJ said, why'd you start in 12? We're going to start in 12 and we're going to go to chapter four, verse one. And AJ is actually going to be reading it. And that pressing on theme is going to be right there in the first verse. And maybe we probably need to talk after you read AJ about Mm -hmm. like, why did I start with 12? It's not because what's before isn't important, but I just thought this had some really good missional implications too. So let's listen and let's hear uh, from Philippians 3.12 through 4.1. I'll be reading in the New International Version. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. 
Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Excellent, excellent. Obviously, we are a podcast that deals with missions, culture, healthy church, so much more. Um, there are so many implications for any Christian, uh, any follower of Christ. Uh, but especially, I think also we could dive in at some stage to what this means for cross-cultural ministers. Who wants to start us out? What kind of grabs your attention? Maybe we should start with that that first verse or first few verses of, of pressing on to take hold. Uh, what do you think? Well, I can say I really love... Um, his attitude and his great motivation. I mm. really love humble people. <laughs> I really love and I really love to to when he was saying that I am not completely like I I am not perfect. I'm not mm -hmm. completely mature, but I'm pressing on to to become more like Christ and his motivation. It was not his own glory. He was, mm -hmm. he didn't want that to, Oh, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm no, no, no. <laughs> but because he, and he was saying he was rich for the glory of Christ to make Christ known, not for his own glory. I really love that. Mm -hmm. and, and this is something I really love to read. Yeah. I love that part. Cause I think that it is okay. I'm a super fan of holiness and sanctification, but I think that this is a great <laughs> case for it. I know, like, I, I think this is a great case that it's not just this one moment, that it's a continual thing that continues. And, and even Paul himself is like, I'm still trying, I'm still growing, I'm still continuing to be more like Christ each and every day. I think that's so encouraging. I, I was talking to an a grandma of the church. She was so sweet. That's very Russian of you. There's a lot yeah. of people in Russia that just call them babushkas instead yeah. of like the elderly we'll women. They're just a babushka. So a babushka the, of the church. I almost said that in Spanish. Um, she was talking to me about like, I told her that we um, work with ministries that do church planting and, and all kinds of different stuff. Um, but with this this hope of reaching the city, right? I was telling her about Genesis. And, and she said, you know, the thing that I love about holiness is it's this continual journey with Christ. Every day I get to wake up and I learn something new. And I think that's what kind of like Paul is saying here. Like, no, like today we're growing. We're, we're moving forward. And I, I like that he talks about pushing forward, moving forward, even in the midst of, of trials. Um, he's... He's in jail when he wrote this letter, correct? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I think so often we're alone in ministry. Like we are, each of us have our own tasks and our own jobs. And like we spend a lot of time in our office or or we're, we're doing things. It's kind of odd that we're actually in the same city together as missionaries. But um, this is great motivation that we keep continually pushing forward because we seek to be more like Christ, even when it's like, oh, why am I here? Mm -hmm. What am I doing? It's, I think Paul is good encouragement for 
moving forward. Well, and this is good. You've really helped us to, to think of implications both as Christians, but now as ministers, you said feeling alone in ministry. I mean, why is it important as even missionaries to press on or to strain toward what is ahead? Like, what does that look like? One of the things that I think of just right off the bat, like in our, in our missionary journey, pressing on through culture shock is one of the, one of the biggest things. And that's, that gets easier. It gets better, but it never goes away. And so we have to continually push on through that to see the good things, to see how God is working in the culture and through the culture. The other piece is language learning. We are still learning how to speak Spanish, you know? And I'm so, an expert. Well, Chelsea's an expert. But, <laughs> just I mean, that's just to learn another language. You have to press on when it gets difficult, especially when it gets difficult, because that's how you learn and that's how you make it a part of life. I feel like this is always kind of my role in, in scripture spotlights. Like I'm like, well, we have to go back to the verses beforehand in order to see why he's saying present. Well, that's important. Right? Like, so, so I'm going to go back to the verses beforehand, and we'll probably highlight it at some point in time on a different podcast. But um, he's literally saying in verse 10, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. Mm. If somehow I may attain the res, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And then he says, not that I've already obtained this. He's not obtained the resurrection from the dead. Yeah. He's yeah. learning how to join Christ in his sufferings and in the death on the cross. Paul, if you know anything about Paul. You know that he talks about a crucified Christ and the power of the resurrection. That is his story. That is his gospel. He can bring those two things into any treatise that he's writing. He will not mm -hmm. leave the cross. He will not leave the resurrection and the power that is offered to us. And I think what Paul is pressing into, and Chelsea, you even said it, he's literally in jail. He's literally writing this. And he's like, you know what I'm pressing forward is to more understand the suffering of Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's crazy. You know what I mean? He's like... <laughs> yeah. Because I believe there's still more to be on the wow. level that Jesus wow. Christ, the suffering that he had for me when he went to the cross and he knew he had the faith that there would be power in the resurrection. Because when I reach that level of suffering, when I understand, when I am at one with Christ in holiness and suffering, then I might attain resurrection of the life because that's the hope that Jesus gives me. So there's no amount of suffering that I can be under. There's no amount of persecution. I mean, read the laundry list of Paul. He was one of the most suffering servants that God called. And he still says, but I press on to know even more, even more. Wow. And so for us as the church to be like, we need to press on. So even AJ, in your example of like language learning, there are days when you're like, I'm just going to give up. It's yeah. like, <laughs> Jesus didn't give up. He yeah. didn't give up in his suffering. He took it all on because he knew that there was the hope of resurrection. And that's what causes mm. us to push forward. And Paul, I think, just says it so well in there, even though he suffers so much. He's like, but I still think there's just a little bit more I'm going to continue to push on. <laughs> Well, and there's something that you mentioned, Chelsea, obviously this is a sanctification passage, you know, and uh, Emily, you've just said it. Knowing Christ is sanctification. Knowing Christ is our, our Christian calling, right? And uh, it reminded me just of our theology of already and not yet. Now, uh, I've talked with some people in, in Latin America, and uh, I think theologians, some of them are, are familiar with this concept, but I've talked with a lot of people that aren't. Mm -hmm. The already 
and the not yet of the kingdom. The already saying, hey, we've already attained this, you know, or, or, or we have already attained salvation. God has done the work in us, right? We don't have to say, well, I'm not really sure. I'm not. No, he has done something in us. But then it's not, and you even hear it with Paul, right? But not that I've already attained it. Like, so like I've already obtained it. This is amazing. Christ has already gotten a hold of me, but I haven't already attained it. So it's like the already not yet way of the kingdom. And I think that's sanctification. I think that's, oh, I know Christ. Oh, it's the best thing ever. Oh, but at the same time, I, I need to know him more. I haven't known him in, in his completeness, in his fullness, you know? And uh, did it, did that jump out to any of the rest of you? Yeah, for sure. I think that one of my favorite things to preach about, like when I have the opportunity, just when somebody's like, will you preach? I'm like, I find my mind going to those kind of concepts is that when Jesus was walking on earth, he literally said the kingdom of heaven is near. Like Jesus's presence on earth brought heaven to earth. God with us. Like we say all of these things and it's like, do we really understand what we're saying? <laughs> you know? And so Jesus literally leaves the earth. So heaven, quote unquote, leaves the earth. But then when he's glorified, what happens? The Holy Spirit comes and the Holy Spirit stays on earth. So heaven is still here on earth through the church. And mm -hmm. it started with Christ. It started at the beginning, God, the whole beginning of God's story. He gives the law to Moses and the law is what is supposed to bring all of these things and people to know God and to know his love. And it does not, it falls short. And so what God does is he brings heaven itself down in Jesus Christ. Jesus shows us for three years, what it's like to live and to walk and to be amongst the people and to be holy as he is holy. That is why I hate when people are like, well, it's for when we die someday because Jesus literally was on this earth and he was holy. He gives that to us. He shows us how to interact with people that are choosing to sin. He shows us how to interact with a church that is stubborn. He shows us how to interact with any and any circumstance that we could find today and says, I maintained holiness. You too can maintain holiness because when he left, he left the spirit with us mm -hmm. and the spirit is upon the church today. We're not waiting waiting for the spirit to be poured out. That is a prophecy that is completed. The spirit is here. We are in the spirit and the power of a resurrected Jesus Christ. And what we're waiting for is for the culmination of the kingdom. Yeah. And so for me, I love to think about every single step that I'm taking in every single day is because God has ordained, God has orchestrated. Holiness is going to show how you live because other people are going to see who I am. They're going to want to be a part of this kingdom. And one day Jesus is going to come back and we will all, we will all get on our knees and we will all say, you are the King of Kings <laughs> and you are the Lord of Lords and count me amongst the ones that said, I chose to do that here on earth. I'm not going to wait until he comes back and my knees are forced to bow. I cannot wait for the day yeah. that the yeah. not yet becomes the it's already here as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Here are some of those uh, uh, phrases that show even in the same verse uh, when Paul is really talking about already and not yet. So Christ Jesus took hold of me, verse 12. Therefore, I press on to take hold of it. Wait, what? What? <laughs> right? um, verse 14, God has called me. So that's the already, right? So I press on to win the prize. Wait, so you haven't already win, won the prize? Well, yeah, he has, but he still is pressing on to win it. <laughs> verse 16, let us live up to what we have already attained. 
Okay, well, wait a second. I mean, it's just amazing. And he has no problem with this. He has no issue with this. It's like, of course, God has come. I am different. He has transformed me. At the same time, I'm not done yet, you know? And the final one, and maybe we can talk a little bit about this too. I I love this verse. Our citizenship is in heaven. It doesn't say it will be in heaven. I mean, it is already in heaven, he says. Mm -hmm. But he says in that same verse, we still await a savior. Right. So we're still, oh, it's already done. And yet we're still waiting for the real when it when, you know, when the fulfillment will occur, maybe as a kind of a transition. What about that phrase? Our citizenship is in heaven. I mean, clearly, I mean, we're a missions podcast, right? Does that does that resonate with anyone uh, like it does with me? I'm I'm of the firm belief, much like Emily, that heaven is here and now like you can see it, you can feel it, you can be a part of it here and now. You don't have to wait right. till you die, till eternity. Um, you can be a part of it right now. I think as missionaries, we are in a unique position. We don't feel like we belong anywhere a lot of times. Like we don't belong to our home culture. We don't belong to this culture that now we're, we're now living in. We're kind of apart, separate. Missionary kids that grew up on the mission field, we often call them the third culture kids, right? Because they are part of this separate culture that's in both, but not really a part of both. And so we have this unique opportunity, this unique talent, maybe, hopefully, to view the kingdom of God. Because we are separate. We're not dominated by any by any one culture. And so we can see easier, maybe, the things that are just culture and then what is the kingdom of heaven. We've seen, we've talked, I think on several other podcast episodes about this, like, well, what is culture and what is actually, you know, ethics or what is, what is good or bad. And I think that's puts us as missionaries in that unique position to see a little bit more of that. And and I love that. I love, I want to give that opportunity to more people. And that's why I loved hosting um, short-term mission trips because I, had this opportunity to kind of open their minds to see beyond their culture, beyond their experiences, and hopefully glimpse the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, I think what you said, AJ, when you were talking, it made me think about how there is something happening in the world right now with all of the migration that's taking place. And so it used to be that there were very small subsects of people that would be that third culture, right? Like it would be people that were missionaries that chose to leave their home country or military people. Um, And even that, you know, that type of livelihood is probably only, you know, the past couple hundred years that you would even have large people groups, quote unquote, that you would be like, okay, they've chosen this side of life. Mm-hmm. But like now there's something going on in, in history right now that God is giving many people the opportunity to say, my citizenship isn't in one country, nor is it in the country that I'm living in. Like I, there's a third space. I recognize that I'm a different kind of person than who I was. And I think that um, when we look at Paul's letter to the Ephesians, which is his very last letter that he wrote, he talks about how we are already citizens in heaven, that we are seated at the right hand with Jesus and and all of these good works that have already been created for us and and the spiritual battle that's going on around us constantly. And and it's like he just says, open your eyes, like you're a part of this kingdom. This is happening. What you see here in this life is a reflection of what's going on in the spiritual Mm -hmm. realms. So when our eyes are opened up to where our true citizenship lies, when we truly are saying, wow, this is a spiritual, the spiritual life is the real life. What I'm doing here is 
kind of like this side. And we kind of think about it the opposite way. What we're doing here is the real life and spirituals on the side. And Paul says, no, no, no. Like, don't get it mixed up. Don't get it turned around. Remember that you are a citizen of heaven. Remember that you're in this battle. Remember that somebody is trying to pull you to the other kingdom and they're trying to exile you and they're trying to make you their slave and they're trying. He's using all of this language constantly. And so I love that he reminds us that we're citizens of heaven and that you don't belong to this earth. You literally don't belong to this earth. You belong to God and his kingdom. So let's remember that. Press on. This is who you are. This is who God's created you to be and let's celebrate that yeah well and how many times do we hold on do we tooth and nail do we try to hold on to this life you know as if we were citizens of the, of earth and mm-hmm. it's not of 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 heaven right and and uh i think that's crucial that we if we're not experiencing some sort of discomfort some sort of uh i'm here but i don't really fit in our longing is for heaven our and why is that our citizenship is there yeah that makes me think i don't know i want to think that this life is like an hotel and <laughs> I, i don't i'm thinking i'm Probably I'm going to ask, have you ever invest in furniture when you're in a hotel? Have we ever bought furniture like it for a hotel like room? If like, like if you're in a hotel room, are you going to buy something to Nothing. decorate the room? Nothing. No. Never, right? We never think that way. So it's like pretty much the same. Yeah, I love this. I <laughs> yeah. see where you're going with this. I love yeah. this. So this life is like a hotel, right? Okay. So like sometimes we want to invest and try to uh, keep things and you know, whole things and mm. maybe love uh, and love to stay in the hotel. But our house, mm-hmm. like when we feel full, feel comfortable, mm. where we can rest mm. is the heaven. Oh, that's so good. why don't we invest? <laughs> this will preach. Come on. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> why don't we invest in what is eternal, what is going to transcend the earthly? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So like we, we, I love that. This That's is so good. even comical, like staying in a hotel one night and being like, they need a new lamp. I'm going to buy them a <laughs> new lamp. lamp. Yeah. It, but like, it doesn't make sense for us just to be in this life. Like I'm going to invest massive amounts of uh, things just that will only be earthly, you know, mm-hmm. let's invest mm-hmm. in the eternal. And so Paul is the best example of that, right? I mean, he has been the one that has, that has shown us, man, this is, uh, I'm persevering. I mean, it, for me to, I love when he says for me to live is Christ, but to die as gain, mm-hmm. you know, that's citizenship in heaven, mm-hmm. right? I think we could talk a lot more about this. I, I, I would like to, in future episodes, perhaps uh, continue on. I think uh, Philippians 4 has a lot to say to us uh, as, as cross-cultural ministers as well. But uh, for now, Emily, where can they get a hold of us if they'd like to weigh in and say, oh, Philippians 3, I see some other stuff that you didn't raise or, or maybe some things that we did raise kind of resonate with them. Yeah, you can find us online at Facebook on the Worthless Servants podcast page. You can also find us online at www.mesoamericagenesis.org. Awesome. Well, we are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm AJ Fry. I'm Natalie Franco. I'm Chelsea Fry. And I'm Emily Armstrong. And we'll talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at mesoamericagenesis.org.